are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. R, 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 which came out in 2022 and was directed by S.S. Rajamuli. It stars N.T. Rama Rao Jr., Ram Sharan, Alia Bhatt, A.J. Devin, Allison Duty, Olivia Morris, and Ray Stevenson. The genre would be historical action epic. Fire! And to think my actual introduction to this movie was going to the bathroom after seeing something else at a movie theater a few months ago. I just heard this loud, bombastic music wafting throughout the hallways, but it didn't sound like the theme music for any franchise that I could recall or recognize. Well, apparently, it was the raucous closing musical number for this particular action epic. Shamefully, I did not end up catching this movie in theaters, and I wish I did, because this is just balls-out, big-budget filmmaking in the best way. That is just over three hours, even with a deceptively simple story. I mean, think The Killer meets Gangs of New York meets Braveheart. That's just one of several aspects which are confounding about it. RRR, which stands for Rise, Roar, Revolt, is about two seemingly unstoppable men of action on opposite sides of a revolution. And that would be India's fight for independence from the British Empire in the 1920s, who inadvertently become friends, then learn unexpected things about each other. And of course, chaos ensues. And chaos on screen kind of defines this movie as director S.S. Rajamouli's frame is often filled with loads of extras, elaborate sets, ferocious animals, lush forests, and of course, no shortage of physics-defying action, always featuring at least one of our two main protagonists. And that would be the soulful, wild-haired, wide-eyed Beam, played by N.T. Rama Rao Jr., who is a revolutionary, now living in the forest, who is singularly focused on rescuing a young girl kidnapped from his village, now in the clutches of the local British governor, played by Ray Stevenson, in his heavily fortified castle-slash-mansion. And the other main character would be the more conventionally stately Rama, who was an Indian-born police officer determined to prove himself to his British superiors in their continued efforts to keep the local revolutionaries under control. He's played by Ram Sharan in a very charismatic performance, and both main leads are adept with the action, also having nice chemistry with each other. And speaking of that chaos, there is no shortage as this film is pretty much wall-to-wall action. 
It's sometimes reliant on CGI, but never distractingly so, as everything is filmed crisply and almost always center frame so that we always have a sense of where the major players are and what they're doing. And wow, some of the things we see our two main heroes doing just defy explanation. They're flipping backwards, launching other people into the air, performing crazy stunts with animals, and even, as these guys become more aligned, carrying the other one on his shoulder for tactical advantage when facing off against hordes of bad guys coming at them. We see them bond, dance, tend to each other, and even coach each other in the ways of romance. Rama and Beam are just a fun, engaging pair to watch together. Each brings as much depth to his character as the sprawling screenplay allows. But honestly, the story never really slows down. There is ample lip service given to the true conflict story of the time, though it's obvious from the get-go that these are fictionalized versions of real individuals, almost drifting into Hamilton territory, no less, as there's often a running musical voiceover from each of them providing some commentary on what's going on. Eventually, some secrets get revealed, the stakes get raised, and the action just builds and builds into a crazy, and I mean crazy, extended third act, which kicks off feeling like the Passion of the Christ, guess which sequence, and eventually into Rambo territory. Yes, there is gore and violence, but it never feels gratuitous, and this film maintains a rambunctious spirit all the way through to a final dance sequence which closes it out. Overall, RRR is one of the most purely enjoyable films of recent years. The hype is real with this one. That brings me to the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. There is a sequence about halfway through when our two heroes infiltrate a colonial British party and, of course, liven it up with a dance-off. And not just any dance-off. Beam is courting a lovely British aristocrat named Jenny who also seems to fancy him. And he tries to initiate a dance with her until a smug, angry-looking Brit tries to stop him. But his friend Rama is just not having it. Do you know Desi Notch? What's Desi Notch? So they team up in this dance circle. And in a nice moment, Jennifer really kicks things off by pulling their respective suspenders forward, as if they are both just being snapped into action. I've had enough of this nonsense! You two, out! No, Jake, I've had enough of your bullying. Oh,
what follows is more than a dance. It becomes a true endurance test all to increasingly fast-paced music. They're kicking, waving their arms, they're bending down on their knees river dance style, stretching their suspenders, the works. And then we watch as that angry Brit gets in on the action, and it becomes a race to see who will drop first. As it escalates, we see a growing crowd of British women dancing along while the British men are cheering on their one fast-dancing representative to outlast both Beam and Rama. We even start to see dust flying up all over as the dance moves just speed up faster and faster. And the final payoff of this dazzling sequence is a true demonstration of friendship between our two heroes. I'll leave it at that. The dance is referred to by Rama as Desi Nunch, and the song is performed by Indian playback artist Kala Bhairava and Rahul Siplingunj, if I'm pronouncing that right, who have both worked on many soundtracks in Indian cinema over the past several years. Everything about this sequence is just top flight, from the choreography to the sheer joy demonstrated by our two main leads as they dance up a storm. The song is called Nacho Nacho, which I think is loosely translated into Dance Dance. Man, musical sequences just do not get better than this. The next category would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Over the past five months, RRR has become an international phenomenon, making an estimated $160 million worldwide, making it one of the highest-grossing Indian productions in recent years, and also one of the first to make some significant money in the U.S., no less, as I heard in that theater. And as a result, I'm sure that there are Hollywood executives at this very moment who are thinking of how they can capitalize on its success. And my only fear is that they take the wrong lessons from this film. You know, mainly just trying to duplicate surface aspects of it, but with zero context to the stories that they are trying to tell. And that would be a mistake. The best lessons to be learned from RRR are more complex. Better shot composition. A careful tonal balance between sincerity and playfulness and not being afraid to spend some money on the tangible elements. For instance, there's one impressive sequence early on when a massive crowd of Indians are surrounding a British-run compound, and we see Rama sent into this crowd, alone, and only armed with a long staff. We see him trying to smash his way through this crowd, all to arrest one suspected insurgent. And here's the kicker. Even as the camera pulls back and or pans over the crowd, you can always see exactly where he is located within this crowd. And that's because while this scene uses a significant amount of green screen, speed ramping, and CGI, the filmmakers also utilize the crowd of 2,000 extras, plus large sets on the ground, allowing for several different layers of both virtual and practical elements combining for imagery that while not always looking completely realistic, or even if we're being honest, doesn't always obey the law of physics, it still all looks tangible and as easy to follow. Now, in your typical major studio hands, you know directors with names that rhyme with words like, say, Busso or Spider, for instance? This type of sequence would just come off as visual noise, with often nondescript figures scurrying all over the screen. 
But this complex Tollywood style, as it's known, Tollywood, is just one recent example of how it doesn't have to be that way. Even on a pretty sizable budget, as this film costs an estimated $70 million in U.S. dollars to produce. If Hollywood takes notice of the success of films like RRR and only tries to co-opt the most basic surface elements... Uh, hey guys, one of the higher-ups just saw the dailies on that battle sequence and they're asking if we could possibly throw in some flying CGI tigers in there? Well, then that would definitely be a demonstration of wasted talent. The next category would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. Oh yes, there are even more impressive sequences, believe it or not. For me, the absolute highlight is an action sequence taking place on a bridge about 40 minutes into the movie. A train is running under this bridge, carrying oil tanks, and, wouldn't you know it, something unexpected on the track impedes it, resulting in the train starting to derail. And of course, the explosion of one of those tankers, which falls on the water below, right near a young boy on a boat, who is suddenly surrounded by fire. Oh no. Well, as it turns out, both of our main protagonists are on opposite sides of that bridge. Now, they have not met each other before, but they start to notice each other. And they realize what they both have to do to rescue that boy in danger. And with minimal communication, no less, as the only real interaction we see between them are hand gestures between each of them, which they can only see in the distance. No matter, because that's all they need. Well, that and a large rope, which they each tie around themselves on opposite sides of the rope. Then, while linked with this rope, Rama jumps on a horse. He had a horse. Veem starts a motorcycle. He had a motorcycle. And they're off. They ride fast to jump off opposite sides of the bridge, as they both swing underneath the bridge, as one picks up the boy while the other carries a flag through the water. They then swap flag and boy, as we then see Beam wrapped in a wet flag, allowing him to swing through the rising flames. Very clever while Rama tosses that boy to safer waters. And then, as they both swing back, their arms lock under the bridge as they smile at each other triumphantly. They are now fast friends, allies, brothers even. The camera then closes in on their hands clasped together, and we suddenly transition into a title sequence, pulling out from those hands revealing the full title. R, R, R. Raju Akhtar! Yes, in case this wasn't already obvious, merely describing this sequence on a podcast does not do it justice. That brings me to the final category, which would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Oh, right. Someone directed this, right? Yep. His name is S.S. Rajamuli. And apparently he is India's answer to James Cameron as he has now directed three of the five highest grossing films in India to date, including RRR. And like Cameron, he has also directed the most expensive films to date within his respective industry, which is Telugu Cinema mainly productions in two particular Indian states with the nickname of Tollywood. As described on Wikipedia, Rajamula's films are characterized by larger-than-life characters, epic scale, 
mythological references, stylized action sequences, and heroism. Those all sound like good traits to me, and RRR delivers them all in flying colors. Raja Muli's own personal story seems pretty inspiring as well, as he came from humble roots, but was fortunate enough to have a crafty father and uncle who integrated themselves into the local film industry with minimal experience, mainly starting out as ghostwriters for several screenplays. They even scrounged around with limited funds to find unfinished films to work on, and were pretty much self-taught. They eventually spread that knowledge to SS from a young age. Nowadays, pretty much most of the extended family is now also involved with filmmaking at various levels, and they're often collaborating with each other. S.S. Rajamouli is now India's highest paid director and has also received several awards along the way. Whether RRR is his best movie is debatable, but at the very least, it has me interested enough to just want to check out his other films as well. For helming an action epic with a story that is arguably just as inspiring as his own, S.S. Rajamouli is your MVP. How does that feel that you were a chart topper around the world on a weekend with these other big movies, Hollywood movies? What did that feel like for you? Exhilarating. <laughs> uh, but if you go to the uh, bottom of it, uh, if you see why numbers are imp important, uh, we are artists. No, Art comes first, first and commerce comes second. But why are numbers so important is that the numbers directly translate to how many people are listening to your story. My rating for RRR would be four and a half stars out of five. If you have not already, then what are you waiting for? By all means, pop on Netflix and check this one out. And yes, RRR is currently streaming on Netflix. And that ends another rip-roaring review. RRR, get it? Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.